Let me tell you what my deep research and basically vision is. I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> the aliens won't let it happen. <laughs> Happening now, breaking. Bernie Sanders is a Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> what are the tips? Give me some tips on how to work with Wes Anderson. Um, be ready to speak very fast and very <laughs> clearly because that's definitely one key thing. Until you and six kids you barely know in wet bathing suits have surrounded nine chimpanzees outside of a Wendy's, you probably really don't know yourself, okay? Yep. And we back. Hello and welcome. You're listening to your new favorite podcast and the best in political sports and paranormal news coverage. I'm your host, Wes Anderson, and this is In the Shed. This is episode 64, so whether you're back for more or finding us for the first time this week, hey, thanks for tuning in. It is early afternoon, Wednesday, December 27th, and I'm in a shed in the backyard of my home in Alabama, just so I can hang out with you tools and talk about the latest headlines, stories, and rumors in the world of politics, sports, and the paranormal. Well, it has been about five months now um, since I've done a show. Uh, Since I've been in the shed, since I've hit record. And I've genuinely missed it. Um, I've missed interacting with uh, you, the listener. I've missed preparing and uh, giving my best attempt at sharing the news with you and only the way that we can from a shed in my backyard in Alabama. Um, To be honest, the last five months, I just have not had the emotional energy to get out here and uh, record a show. Since my very first episode, there's been one person that has listened to every episode that I've ever put out, and that's my Meemaw. Um, I'm from Alabama, so we have Meemaws here. Uh, that's my grandmother, my mom's mom. That's why I end every show with a hearty Meemaw We Made It. As a shout out to her and her support. Back in September, toward the end of the month, uh, my Meemaw passed away. And... I'm 34 years old, but I've never been through the loss of a a close family member in this way. My Meemaw went from being, in all ways, the person that I've always known her to be, to a bed in the hospice unit of a hospital um, so quickly. And... Meemaw was the world's biggest Ohio State Buckeyes football fan. And the Saturday that she passed away, they were playing Notre Dame. For days, the doctor had told us that she would pass away at any moment. Um, She wasn't really, at this point, conscious, wasn't able to speak to us. And her children and her husband were gathered around. Everybody had already been to visit her from all over the country. And that game came down to the wire. And on the very last play, Ohio State scored a game-winning touchdown. And my uncle, her son, says to her, Well, there you go, Mom. Ohio State won. Uh, You can go now. And she did. Um... There's just so much to be said, yet I'm I'm unable to find words that seem worthy. Meemaw's passing was both an answer to prayer and a prayer that I didn't want to have to pray. I've never known anyone like my Meemaw. Uh, her and I went to movies together like iRobot <laughs> and The Grudge. 
She rode shotgun with my family through the Tupelo Buffalo Park and got accosted by an emu. I saw Kentucky win the SEC tournament next to her. And I'll never forget sitting in a class in college and interrupting the professor because she sent me a picture of her and Dave Matthews hanging out together at a Starbucks in Mississippi. My mima was the coolest. Four kids, nine grandchildren, 13 great-grandchildren, and she had an individual and active relationship with us all. She never missed a birthday. She was so good to her in-laws, to my dad, my wife. She loved my children deeply. She lived to see her 81st birthday and her 63rd wedding anniversary. She supported everything I've ever done, even live streaming this podcast from the hospice wing of the hospital. Family and friends traveled from all over the country to see her, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I got to see her. And I got to spend time with her. We laughed and we reminisced and we told stories. I got to tell her that I loved her with all of my heart. I got to tell her goodbye. And I miss her so much. I miss her so much. Earth will never be the same. Life will never be the same. But heaven has increased in value with her being there. And on the way home from Mississippi, driving in the middle of nowhere through the night, I put on this beat that my brother-in-law had sent me a while back. And just starting to interact with grief in its very initial stages, knowing that that was the last time that I would see my Meemaw on Earth, I wrote this song. And I want to share it with you. It's called Good Day. Uh. Yeah. I write these lyrics when I want to feel better, when my anxiety's high. Keep from pulling the lever when it's a whole lot of days I don't want to remember. I've forgotten who I am and I want to feel clever. Uh. Yeah, you can't count me out. Life gets hard, but I'm still about love, joy, hope, and peace. But sometimes I just need release to have a good day. Let the pain fade away. I just want to be me today. And that be okay. I know I'm not alright now. But that is okay. I'm strong enough to fight now. Watch me swim Swing away and I'm aiming for the fences Been in the trenches for more than a minute Got a few scars, ran through a few fences Still refuse to be a pessimistic cynic Nah, I'ma keep it real Take a deep breath, I'ma keep it chill Yeah, uh, they say it's kill or be killed I don't recollect ever even signing that deal Nah, I'm just trying to grow into the me that I was meant to be Bless a microphone with more bars and penitentiaries Overcome or overcoming everything that's sent to me Yeah Huh. Cause the sun's still shining breath in my lungs Long as that's true, I guess that I ain't done So I gotta give thanks to the man above Life's a marathon, not a sprint, I'm ready to run And have a good day Let the pain fade away I just wanna be me today And that be okay I know I'm not alright now That is okay I'm strong enough to fight now Watch me swing away. I just want to have a good day. Let the pain fade away. I just want to be me today. That be okay. I know I'm not alright now. That is okay. I'm strong enough to fight now. Watch me swing away. Yeah.
my my meemaw was never upset with me always loving always forgiving loved me to full capacity all the time um, no matter what and uh It's been difficult to try and get out here and uh, record. Another episode of the show knowing that she's not going to be hearing it. And uh, I won't get a call or a text from her about some of the jokes that I made. Or what I should have said. Um, or that she heard it while she was folding laundry. And so it's been hard. It's been hard to uh, to get back on the horse when it comes to recording the show. So this show is not like the others. Uh, I'm not covering any news today. I'm not. I'm not doing an interview. There's no guests. There's no headlines. I thought it would be too difficult to jump from this to okay and now there's a war in the middle east or here are the nba standings or let's talk about ufos um so for a while i have kicked around the idea of an ama episode for the uninitiated that's an ask me anything I thought that would be an easier transition. We'll get back to the news on our next episode. But I thought we'd just have a little fun today. So a while back I had asked for some questions for a potential AMA episode. You guys are uh, wonderful listeners, my tools, my babies, my people sent me like 26 or 28 questions via email, on Twitter, etc. And I doubt that we will get to all of them today. Um, in fact, I know that we will not. But I thought we could try and hit some of them. And we could have some fun together. And so that's what we're going to do. And I hope that you'll listen. I hope that you'll stick with me. I would love for this episode to be in our top 10 most listened to because this one, just like the rest, it goes out to my Meemaw. America's Meemaw. India's Meemaw. <laughs> ja- Jackie Bowers. A saint of a woman, one of a kind. One of the greatest people I'll ever have the pleasure of knowing. Meemaw, I hope that I... I hope that I make you proud, and I love you, and this episode, just like the rest, is dedicated to you. Meemaw, we made it. So the first question that I received was, is time travel possible? Because this is the audience that we have here on In the Shed with Wes Anderson, they're jumping right into, is time travel possible? Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I am not a scientist. I am, as the internet has labeled me, a journalist. But I am not a scientist. I think time travel could be possible one day. I guess if it could be one day, it may already be possible, and we don't know about it. Maybe some of these people are already here. Maybe I'm a time traveler. I think if I was, my podcast would be a little bit more popular. Popular in India, or maybe a little bit more popular worldwide. Time travel could be possible in the near future. I'm sure Elon Musk is working on it as we speak. 
But for now, I'm going to have to go with, I don't think, emphasis on think, that is happening as of yet. Question two, what made you decide to do a podcast? Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess I am a silly man. Uh, everybody else has a podcast. Why can't I have a podcast? Uh, I like to talk. I'm a bit of a talker, okay? Um, I just thought that it would be a fun hobby. I like to write. I like to read. I wanted the challenge. And so I thought, hey, why not make a podcast? And for a long time, I thought it would be like a, a one-hour or 30-minute episode podcast about sports or about politics. About the paranormal. And then finally, I was like, hey, why not all three? Why limit yourself to half an hour? The people need the news from a shed in a backyard in Alabama. And so I've been giving it a shot for the last couple of years. And we are a very small podcast, okay? But we're in the minority also. Because most podcasts don't last beyond the first 10 episodes. Most podcasts never reach more than 30 listeners per episode. We have eclipsed all of those numbers by far. And thanks to you, my babies, we are still here. And we're still growing. What do you think of the aliens revealed in Mexico? If you aren't aware, a while back, and if you listen to this show, you probably are aware. But if you aren't, um, let's say you just discovered this podcast on accident, as most people do, for the very first time. Here, a while back, several months ago, uh, there were allegations of alien bodies, little alien babies, discovered in Mexico. And there was a hearing before the Mexican Congress, I guess their version of Congress. And there was a man there, I don't recall his name, I'm not going to bother looking it up, who uh, testified about these bodies that he discovered, allegedly. What do I think about them? At first I was very excited, like, wait a minute. What do we have here? What's going on? And I think that mostly it was a hoax. Yeah. Um, the guy that was testifying that made this discovery is, in fact, a known hoaxer. He's done this before, okay. Uh, they looked like they were made out of paper mache. It looked like something my seven-year-old made in art class when she was trying to, like, sculpt together a paper mache person. And I don't think that they were real. It'd be fun if they were. But I don't, I don't think that they were okay. Question number four. Any thoughts on presence in now? This question comes to us via Twitter, formerly known as the Bird app, from a guy named Paul. And presence in now appears to be a meditation video starring Paul. Paul, what do I think of your meditation video? I watched it. It was like eight or ten minutes long. I do my research here in my shed. And it consists of eight or ten minutes of Paul on camera speaking in a very calm voice with affirmations for you. Like, hey, you are enough. You are kind. You are worthy. And I gotta say, uh, props to you, Paul, for putting yourself out there, first of all. I don't do video podcasts. I, my voice is bad enough, okay? <laughs> I don't need you to see my face. I don't need you to see my shed and the tires to my truck that are sitting behind me and my various gardening tools, um... So for you to put yourself out there in that way takes a lot of courage, Paul. 
And you have a good calming voice. And anybody that's out there in the world trying to put positivity into the world, and I give props to you. So go to YouTube and look up Presence In Now. Find my boy Paul. Give him a like, maybe a follow, a subscribe. He would appreciate it. Good job, Paul. Question number five. What has marriage taught you? Oh, oh boy. I got to be careful. This question was not submitted by my wife, but she may hear this. Um, Probably not, but she might. I've been married for 10 years now. Uh, Got married young at 23. My wife was 21. This summer we'll hit 11 years together. Two beautiful kids. Been through a lot in our decade together. But unequivocally, marriage is the best thing that I've ever done and embarked on. And it would take an entire episode, maybe an hour long. Maybe we'll do that episode together at some point. To detail everything that marriage has taught me. In my estimation, marriage is a refining fire. It points out to you all of your growing edges. All of your immaturities. All of the parts of you that need growth and changing. And I think that marriage has made me a better man. A better person. Prepared me to be a a good father. Um... If I had to highlight just a couple things that marriage has taught me, it's taught me the importance of grace and of forgiveness. It's so easy in a marriage to hold resentment toward the other person, to pull the ripcord when things get hard, and to just dip out. Happens all the time. But for any marriage to work, you have to have forgiveness. Your grace toward the other person has to start anew every morning. And just like you did on your wedding day when you said I do, every day when you wake up, you have to put your feet on the floor and decide that this is my person. I'm committed to making it work with them. I'm committed to sticking by their side. I'm committed to forgiving them. I'm going to give them the grace to mess up, to make mistakes, to hurt me. And I'm going to let them recover. I'm going to let them come back from it. I'm going to love them Despite their flaws. I'm going to forgive them. So I think marriage has taught me that. It's taught me those things. And I could live a thousand lifetimes. I say this all the time because it's true. I could live a thousand lifetimes. I would never find a better match for me. Than my bride. My wifey. Good question. This one came in via email. Wes, who wins the GOP primary? Um, I guess at this point I'm going to have to say Donald Trump. At this point I don't see any way that it's not. Uh, I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for the man. I didn't vote for Joe Biden either, okay? I've been very clear on this show that I think we need both the left wing and the right wing for this beautiful bald eagle of ours to soar. This show is open to people who vote however you vote. Um, A lot of the super PACs and power players seem to be putting their eggs in the Nikki Haley basket. I think she's in second place in most every poll right now. Uh, Certainly in New Hampshire. I just don't see it happening. Donald Trump is ahead by like 50 points in the polls. The Republican Party has so tied themselves to him that I'm just not sure how they get out of it, even if they want to. Trump has the support of a majority of the Republican voters. So even if the power brokers and the elites and the party don't want the man, at this point he's the captain of the ship. And I think it will probably be Donald Trump, despite the indictments, despite the trouble that he's in. He still seems to be Teflon Don to an extent. And I think he'll probably be the GOP option on the ballot when it comes time for the presidential race. This question comes via Twitter. Wes, toaster strudels or Pop-Tarts? 
And this is the audience that we have, and I love you for it. We jump straight from um, politics to breakfast foods. <laughs> I'm going to hurt your feelings, America. India, I don't know how you feel, but America, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Pop-Tarts are incredibly overrated. I get it. You can eat them without having to cook them, or you can put them in the toaster. They've got a lot of flavors. I understand. The s'mores Pop-Tart is delectable. But overall, toaster strudels are just better, okay? They're just better. They come with their own individual icing packet. It's hard to beat an individualized icing packet. The feeling is warm on the inside. Toaster strudels are just better. Tasting, more filling. I'll take a toaster strudel over a Pop-Tart seven days a week, and I don't care how that makes you feel. This is a hill that I will die on. America. And India. I'm going with toaster strudels. Wes, who wins the Super Bowl? I'm going to have to go with the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm not saying that just because they looked very good the other night against the 49ers and they, they won in dominating fashion. I've been on the Ravens since before the season began. That was my pick in the beginning. I'm sticking with it. I think the Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is having a MVP-type season. Their defense is the best in football by my estimation. Their wide receiving core is better than it has been in years past. Zay Flowers, the rookie, has been phenomenal for them. Their hiring of a new offensive coordinator has paid tremendous dividends. I'll push my chips in the middle of the table with John Harbaugh and the Ravens. The next question comes via Twitter. Wes, are men in black real? <laughs> I've seen many men dressed in black. Um, again, I, I'm not the authority on all of these topics or things. Men in black as described by popular culture? Oh, maybe not. In fact, probably not. But do I believe that there are governmental agents who visit people who have claimed to see certain things and encourage them not to talk about it, maybe even discredit them or are even a little bit intimidating? Um, hey, I think that's more than possible, okay? There's certainly many stories for years from all over the world about such visitations about people who have seen something strange in the sky and then had people knock on their door i've never received such a visit but i think it's possible anything is possible are men in black real uh who knows but maybe next question Wes, have you given up on being invited to a Bigfoot festival? <laughs> this question was brought to us by uh, Joe. Joe, who emailed the show. Joe, who apparently has listened to the show since its inception. If you're new here, let me give you the backdrop. The first, I don't know, maybe 10, 12, 15 episodes of the show. I had a running count of days that I had not been invited as a guest to do the show live from a Bigfoot festival. I did not know that there were things like Bigfoot festivals. But there are. And they seem like a lot of fun. They have food trucks and vendors and live music, and sometimes they have Bigfoot coloring contests for kids, 5Ks, merch tents, even Bigfoot calling contests. I don't know if any of those calls have produced a Bigfoot, but hey, I'm open to it. And upon learning about two or three of these Bigfoot festivals and talking about them on the show, I issued a challenge that, hey, if you're involved in one of these festivals, invite In the Shed with Wes to come out. 
invite us to do a show live. Other podcast hosts get such invitations. They do interviews. They do uh, question and answer forms. They give talks. Invite us to bring the shed there. Invite us to come to a Bigfoot festival. And I had a running count. 300, 700, 1,000 days that we'd issued this challenge and still not been invited to a single Bigfoot festival. I've lost count. (laughs) We no longer talk about it on the show. We've evolved, Joe. We've grown. But we still haven't been invited. I I guess maybe I have given up. But hope springs eternal. One day you will hear an episode of In the Shed with Wes Anderson. The best news show in the land covering politics, sports, and the paranormal coming to you live from Tennessee or Georgia, or Idaho, or California, from a Bigfoot festival. Let's make it happen, Joe. Also from Twitter, Wes, tell us a joke. I don't think you understand how AMAs work. (laughs) Hey, tell us a joke is not a question. Tell us a joke is, in fact, a command. Not a question, but because I am a person of good spirits and a jolly disposition, I'm a silly man, I'll tell you a joke. I can't promise it's a good one, but hey, I'll tell you one off the top of my head, on the spot, nonetheless. And here it goes. A man comes to the curator of a circus, and he says to the curator, I'd like to be in the circus. And the curator says to the man, Well, okay, well, what skills and talents and abilities do you have? And the man says, Well, I do a really good bird impersonation. And the curator pauses and thinks for a moment. He says, I'm not really sure that's our thing. That's really not that uncommon. We have folks that do more magnificent things than that. I, I don't think we're interested. And disappointed, the man flies away. (laughs) That's bad. Even for me, even uh, for someone that loves dad jokes, that is. That is bad. But that's the first joke that I could think of. Uh, The only one I could come up with off the top of my head. Feel free to share that one. If you will. Little pun for you. Little dad joke. About a man who wants to be in the circus. Next question that comes via email. Wes, how close are we to inhibiting the aging process? And I think maybe that there has been a mistake. Um, Maybe you all, my listeners, think that I am a lot smarter than I actually am. Okay. Because I have no idea. (laughs) I haven't got the slightest clue. I I think that we're probably doing it now. I think that how long you live and the health care that you receive probably has a lot to do with the amount of money in your bank account. It seems to me like those who have um, the resources can live a long time, can get their maladies treated in ways that those without resources are not able to. How long will it be until we live for 120 years? Ask Elon Musk. Hop on a spaces. I don't know. I think with the way that technology and medicine advances, that it's possible in my lifetime. That some of these things that take us out now will no longer affect our bodies in that way. That we'll be able to bounce back to, to prolong our lives in ways that would be surprising and impressive to us now. And I think that in some ways we're already experiencing that and seeing that as a reality today. Our next question also comes to us via Twitter. Wes, what are your top 10 favorite movies? And I put a lot of thought into this over the years, okay? Um, I actually know the answer to this off the top of my head with very little thought or research. I have made a top 10, okay? I've had this discussion with plenty of people who always seem to disagree, 
my selections, I will tell you, are not very popular selections. But hey, the question is not what are the 10 greatest movies of all time. The question is, Wes, what are your favorite movies? So in no particular order, my top 10 favorite movies of all time are as follows. My Cousin Vinny. Remember the Titans? White Man Can't Jump? Brewster's Millions? The Lion King? Eight Mile? Dodgeball? Christmas Vacation? The Patriot? And the ever underrated Great Mouse Detective? Yeah. The Great Mouse Detective. That is a hill that I will die on. That The Great Mouse Detective is in fact an excellent movie. It's like Sherlock Holmes. But he's a mouse. A cartoon mouse. And I've shared that movie with my children. They agree with me that it is. In fact spectacular. My cousin Vinny remembered the Titans. White Men Can't Jump, Brewster's Millions, The Lion King, 8 Mile, Dodgeball, Christmas Vacation, The Patriot, and The Great Mouse Detective. My favorite movies. They don't have to be yours. That's okay. These are my favorite movies of all time. That's the list. Our next question comes via email. What is it like? The 14th question, something like that, 13th? I, I don't know. Was I supposed to keep track? I stopped counting. Anyway, the question is, Wes, what is a book that you have read recently that you really enjoyed? Great question. Um, there's been many that I've read uh, over the course of 2023 that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I read a book by Norman Reedus, the actor that is in the Walking Dead that plays Daryl Dixon called The Ravaged. I thought that was a really good book. I recently finished Stephen King's The Tommyknockers. Throwback, but a good one. If you like thrillers, I read a book called The Ritual. There's a uh, movie on Netflix that's based on that book. And I say based on because it is quite different. And uh, maybe if you watch the movie first, you will enjoy it. I read the book first. I'm not one of those people that says the book is better. But hey. <laughs> the book was in fact better. I also read uh, Empire of the Summer Moon, which was phenomenal. I read a book called The Upside Down Kingdom Wisdom for Life from the Beatitudes, which was very insightful. And if you're into low history, I read a book this year called The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And that's a book by Ron Hansen, and uh, that might be my favorite book that I've read this year. Always been interested in the life of Jesse James for whatever reason. Probably because I grew up in Alabama, I don't know. But I thought that book was very good. The Assassination of Jesse James by that coward Robert Ford. So there you go. There are a few of the books that I've read this year that I really enjoyed. That I found to be worthwhile. All different genres. I'm a mixed bag. I have a diverse set of interests. As you can tell. If you've ever listened to even one episode of this show. Our next question also comes via social media. Wes, what do you think of Jesus? I think that Jesus is alive. I think that he is the Son of God, equal with God, present in the beginning, 100% God, 100% man. And I say it all the time that this show is for everyone. I don't care what sports team you pull for. I don't care how you vote. I don't care what you believe. This show is one where you are welcome and included. You have a place here. You fit. 
So even if you disagree with what I'm about to say, that's okay. This is still your tribe. I know that a lot of people in today's world enjoy making the argument that Jesus Christ was never even actually a real historical person. And if you believe that, I I would just challenge you to do a little research and get out of your echo chamber a little bit. Because that one is pretty easy to disprove. There's actually um, writings from a multitude of historians from Jesus' day and his time or, or just thereafter who make mention of him, who reference him. There's enough oral tradition, enough scholarship there that uh, even those who are not Christians, who are not followers of Jesus, pretty well all agree that he definitely was a real historical person. Then there are even more folks who say, okay, Jesus was a real historical person. He was a Jewish revolutionary. He was a rabbi and a teacher. But he was just a man. He didn't intend to to start a faith. He didn't encourage people to worship him or follow him. He didn't believe himself to be God. And if that's your view, I would challenge you to investigate his own words as recorded in Scripture. Because Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Just in his own words, he expressed equality with God. Other times when the religious leaders of his day were challenging him, and they were saying, how can you heal this man on the Sabbath? How can you forgive sins? Only God can do those things. Jesus would basically say to them, uh, yeah, you're right. When someone called him a good teacher, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. In his own words, Jesus said more than one time that he was God, that he was equal with God, that he was present in the beginning. Before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection, he said, Only he who has come down from heaven can go up into it. So to have the belief that Jesus was just a man, just a good teacher, while I get that perspective, they go against the words of the man himself. So for me, I believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And because of my life experience, because of my study, because of me searching for for answers about life and purpose and hope. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a believer. And if you're not, that's okay. If you're an atheist, if you're of a different faith altogether, this is still a place for you. But I would encourage you to check things out for yourself. If you're a Hindu, if you're a Muslim... If you're an atheist, if you don't know what you believe, I encourage you to check things out for yourself. Why not give Jesus a try? Why not ask the questions and do the research, do the homework? You don't believe he was a real person? You don't believe that he was actually one with God? Investigate it for yourself. Check all the sources. Read the history. Read the scriptures. Read the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus. Try prayer. Try meditation. Look at the words that he said as recorded in Scripture. If you're someone who believes in science, someone who believes in evidence, check and see. Don't make presuppositions. Check and see what is the evidence. What verdict does the evidence demand? And then make deductions for yourself. But as for me, that's what I believe about who Jesus is. And that's what I've banked my life on. From the topic of Jesus, we go straight to cryptozoology. (laughs) I love my people. I love this show. This is so much fun. We go straight to the topic of cryptozoology. Wes, what is your favorite random cryptid? Huh. That's a good question. I'm going to go with 
You said random, so I can't pick something like Bigfoot or Chupacabra. I'm going to go with uh, the Loveland Frogman. That's a really good one. That's a fun story. If you don't know that one, look it up. Uh, go to Spotify. Go to the show on Wednesdays We Talk Weird. They did an awesome episode on the Loveland Frogman. That's a lot of fun, that story. I don't know if we've covered him here. I don't, I'm not sure that we have. And then also I'd have to, I'd have to probably say secondarily the uh, giant tortoise of Trabusco, Indiana. Which is a, a cryptid that we have been teasing on this show for very many weeks. I'm sorry that I just haven't been here to record. It's going to be featured on our next episode. And that's a, uh, a fun story from America's heartland also. The giant tortoise of Cherubusco, Indiana. So I would say the Loveland Frogman and, and the giant tortoise would be two of my favorite random cryptids. Thank you for the question. From Twitter... <laughs> And this is a real question. This is <laughs> Wes. How do you feel about the whites? Um, I think that they should be separated from the colors. And I use cold water. Wait, are we talking laundry? <laughs> I, look, I just assume we must be talking laundry. I put my colors and my whites in different loads. And I, I use cold water to make sure that I don't shrink or mess anything up. It doesn't happen with the cold water. It does with the warm. Why are you asking me this question? <laughs> How do you feel about the whites? If we're not talking about laundry and we're talking about human beings, um, hey, I'm one of them. I'm one of them, my babies. My people, my tools. Uh, and I'm not uh, into the whole power scene. The sheets stay on my bed, okay? Even though I'm from Alabama, the sheets stay on my bed. Listen, we all are made in the image of God and we have worth just because we are. I do not appreciate the way that uh, folks of other races and ethnicities were treated in our country in the past or sometimes in the present. But I strive to be a man who treats everyone the way that I want to be treated. But if we're talking laundry, uh, cold water, and uh, you separate them, okay. Also from Twitter, Wes, who you got? LeBron or MJ? And this is the easiest question so far. The answer is Michael Jeffrey Jordan, eight days a week, 370 days a year. I know that LeBron has scored more points than anybody in NBA history, has won titles in three different cities. I, I take nothing away from LeBron James. He's an in incredible generational talent, one of the most accomplished players in NBA history, no doubt. But hey... If we're talking about greatest, who is the greatest player of all time? It's Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And if you were born in like 2004 and beyond and you think it's LeBron, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. You had to see MJ. It was a whole different thing. The impact that he had on the game the way that he dominated the finals, 6-0 in the finals. Never got taken to a Game 7. Had a much shorter career than LeBron. He played in college for multiple seasons. He took a couple years off to play baseball. The man had like a 14-year career. And I get it. LeBron is a better passer than MJ was. LeBron is a more imposing physical specimen than Michael Jordan was. LeBron is doing things at 38 years old, even today, that uh, Michael Jordan on the Wizards could not do. I get it. I get it. But listen, as somebody who's watched basketball and played basketball and coached basketball, beginning at age four, 30 years, the answer is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And not to uh, create 
controversy or cast aspersions on LeBron, but I'm not positive he's number two, okay? Um, I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings or you feel like that's heretical. I'm not sure LeBron is even number two. We say, is it Michael or LeBron? I think it's Michael, clearly. And I think the number two might be Kareem. I think LeBron is no doubt a top five player. If you want to put him at number two, I have no beef with you. But I think it's at least arguable. The answer is MJ. From email, we get the question, Wes, have you ever seen a UFO? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I've seen many UFOs in my life because UFO stands for Unidentified Flying Object. If your neighbor throws a frisbee in the air, you see it and say, Hey, I don't know what that is coming toward my dome. By definition, it's a UFO. <laughs> if we're talking aliens, the answer is no. I've never seen an unidentified flying object up in the sky. I've never seen something that I couldn't explain. There wasn't a, a shooting star. There wasn't an airplane. Uh, there wasn't a radio tower um, or a cell tower. Uh, one time, a couple years ago, I saw something that I thought might have been one. I got real excited, and I Googled it. Turns out it was uh, Elon Musk's Starlink. The question, uh, when it was put into my Google search bar, pulled up a picture that I had just seen outside and told me it was traveling over my area. And that's the closest I've ever come. Never seen a UFO. I will say that I am a firm, firm believer. I insist on calling them UFOs. We don't do UAP on this show. They're UFOs. There's no need to change the vernacular. Unidentified aerial phenomenon. UAP. Ooh, huh. No. It's UFO. Next question. Wes, what's more powerful, math or language? Again, I'm not smart enough to give you... <laughs> I don't know. What's more powerful, math or language? Um, I'm not very good at math. I can add and subtract. My senior year in high school, I intentionally did not take a math. I stopped at uh, pre-calculus my junior year, okay? Um, the only time that I ever got thrown out of class in high school was in... Whatever class it is when you learn about imaginary numbers. Because you have to draw the line somewhere. And I drew the line at imaginary numbers. Uh, my teacher uh, began to talk about imaginary numbers and I was like, no. We're not doing this. We're not. I just barely have a grasp on what we're doing. And now you're telling me that I've got to learn about numbers that aren't even real? And I went on a tirade. And I got sent out of class. And I had to see the principal who just laughed at me and said, Mr. Anderson, go back to class and sit still and be quiet. And I did. <laughs> I guess I have to say math. Um, even though I don't appreciate it. Uh, I'm not the best at it. It was my least favorite subject. I'll say math because there are so many languages. And none of them are universal. And I guess maybe math is. I guess I gotta say math. From email, Wes, who is the greatest rapper of all time? That would be Tupac. That would be Tupac Shakur, rest in peace. R.I.P. to the big homie. Kicking it. Not in Cuba. He's not in Cuba. He's... He's not around anymore except for in spirit. But the man was misunderstood and complicated and supremely talented. Um, he wasn't a gangster. He wasn't a, a thug. Uh, he was a theater kid from Baltimore who was precocious and who was curious and who was intelligent and who loved his mom. 
who was a prolific writer, who was a poet, and a social activist that was ahead of his time. He got bailed out of jail by Suge Knight. He was on Death Row Records with uh, a lot of gangbangers and also L.A. police on the payroll. But he himself was not, despite the bravado, despite the crowd that he kept. His poetry book that was published posthumously, um, The Rose That Grew From Concrete, is a book that sits on my desk at work that I've read cover to cover. His career was not as long because of his untimely passing, but his songs carry weight. His voice was unique. His storytelling was immaculate. So to me, the answer is not Rakim, it's not Jay-Z, it's not Nas, it's not Kendrick, it's not Eminem, it's not even Biggie. For me, the answer is and will always be Tupac. He's the greatest rapper of all time. He's uh, an inspiration to me. He's one of my favorite three or four musical artists of any genre ever. The answer is Tupac. Wes, if you were president, and I'm going to stop you right there because that is a hilarious and absurd and silly way to begin a question. Wes, if you were if you were president, hey, never. Hey, wouldn't make the ballot. Hey, might not pass the background check, okay? <laughs> I digress. Wes, if you were president, how would you handle Vladimir Putin? And I don't know if you're trolling. This was uh, sent via email by, uh, let's see, by Malcolm. Malcolm, I don't know if you're trolling or if you've listened to the show, but I've been very clear on how I would deal with one Vladimir Putin. I would give the man that old middle school treatment, okay? I would give him that middle school treatment. Look, his name is Putin. His name is Putin. Just mock the man publicly. He certainly has an ego. I would get together with all the world leaders and I would just relentlessly mock the man publicly. This gas bag over here. This uh, ex-lax needing dude. This guy's name is Gassy. His last name is Farts. His name is Vladimir Doobie Putin. His name is Vladimir Putin. Just make fun of him. I beg you, make fun of the man. Torment the tormentor. Bully the bully. Let him know that we find you to be a ridiculous human being. And see what happens. His name is Putin, y'all. <laughs> How are they reading all these news stories and not just laughing on air? Vladimir Putin, they, and they don't even use his first name. They just be like, Putin says... Putin did. I'm like, hey. His name is Putin. Mock him. Publicly mock the man. That's how I would handle it. Malcolm. Also from email, Wes, what is your stance on mullets? Are we talking about the fish? Um, probably not. I'm from Alabama, so I know that the mullet is a fish. If you're not from Alabama, you do not know this. <laughs> if you're talking about the haircut, uh, business up front, party in the back, look. I know that it is now a popular thing. I see all these youngins on TikTok and getting off the school bus. And apparently it has become a cool thing, again, to have a mullet. When I was growing up, it meant your parents didn't love you. <laughs> it meant that you weren't being taken care of, okay? I think it looks ridiculous. I think it's hideous. I think that if you have a friend with a mullet, you need to be the friend that they need and let them know that, hey, it ain't a good look. It makes you look like you're not a serious human being. You don't want to have a mullet. 
I don't care where society's trending, what's popular, what's in, what's out. You just don't you don't want to have a mullet. And the worst of all is the accidental mullet. Okay. Get a haircut. Email the show at in the shed with West at gmail.com. I will send you, I'll cash app you 20 bucks for a haircut. Okay. So that you don't have to have a mullet. It's hideous. Wear a hat. Love your neighbors. Cut your hair. Also from email, Wes, what are some of the biggest problems when it comes to politics in America? And I'm assuming this is written from someone who is not in America. We have a lot of listeners from all over the world somehow, even though we're just a tiny podcast hosted by me in a shed in my backyard. Um, I would say that one of the main problems is money. Uh, it's unchecked. It holds too much influence. Uh, no longer do our politicians exist as public servants who uh, have careers but are serving because they've been elected and, and they love their country. That doesn't exist anymore in America. Politics has become a career. It's become a way for both those on the left and the right, Republicans and Democrats, to enrich themselves and their families and they're influenced by their donors. They're influenced by big money corporations. They're influenced by lobbyists. They're no longer representative of the people. It's not a government for and by and of the people. It's a government that's dictated by the almighty dollar. And I'm not sure that you can put the toothpaste back in the tube at this point, unfortunately. It just is. As T-Pain once said, people don't think it be like it be, but it do. And it do. Um, if you look at like uh, BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street, they own like 80% of the S&P. They're buying up huge swaths of the housing market. They want to own it all. And it's only detrimental to true and fair and real governance. It's antithetical to the experiment of democracy. But it exists. And there are no longer public servants, really. Maybe at the local level. Maybe on occasion at the state level. But it's a problem. Among a, a sea of problems, it's a problem. But I would say that it's a wave whose crest brings in the tide of injustice. The unchecked influence of money on politics in America. Thank you for your question. Let's do one more question. Um, and I think we've made it through most of the questions, actually. There's like four or five we're not going to get to. That's okay. But let's do one more. This one comes from email from Mary Beth out of Chicago, Illinois. Mary Beth says, Wes, what is a quote that you live by? And that's the one that I want to end the show on tonight. And it's a quote that uh, is not original to, but that I heard most often from my meemaw. She would always say, this too shall pass. Oftentimes is when I would call her or be sitting in her living room or across the dinner table from her sharing about my anxieties, my fears, my worries, the things that I carried, the burdens that I had. And she would listen. And I mean really listen. And without fail, almost every time she would say, this too shall pass. And in my younger years, I would roll my eyes and shake my head. It seemed and it sounded like a dismissive response. Like my worries and my fears and, and my baggage and, and my burdens weren't meaningful or didn't hold weight or were unimportant somehow. 
But as I've gotten older, I've realized that that's not at all what she was saying. She had life experience and wisdom that I have yet to attain. And she'd been through more and seen more than I could ever imagine. And she knew from experience that the problems of today don't don't always carry on until tomorrow. They don't, they don't always loom large in the window of eternity. They don't always matter forever. So when times get hard, when life is not easy, when things aren't as they should be, I forever will remember the words of a great woman, the number one fan of this show and, and, and possibly of my life. And I leave you with these words today. This too shall pass. That's all for this week. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I can't either. It's back in the house and out of the shed for me. Thanks again for listening to episode 64. Make sure to subscribe, like, share, and review. It really does help. If you have any paranormal experiences, opinions about sports or politics that you'd like to share, you can email the show at intheshedwithwes at gmail.com. Again, that's intheshedwithwes at gmail.com. I might even read it on air. Look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Good Pods app, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at InTheShed4. Tune in again next week when we'll hit the headlines, rank the top ten quarterbacks of the NFL season, and learn together about the giant turtle of Churubusco, Indiana. This has been In the Shed with Wes Anderson, the best new show in the land covering politics, sports, and the paranormal. Have an adventurous and fulfilling weekend. I'll catch you tools later. Peace out, Boy Scouts. And from the bottom of my heart, with everything I have, Meemaw, we made it! We sure did.